Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Beyond the Brand Podcast. I'm your co-host, Alex Boudreau, here with our usual host, Evan Pabuda. Um, I hope everyone had a safe and enjoyable holiday weekend. I'm actually super glad this weekend is over with because I've not been able to get my beauty sleep with that one neighbor who decides to light the skies up with fireworks at midnight. And it's like, okay, two-minute pause goes by, deep REM sleep is hitting, then boom, another round goes off. So that's what I've been dealing with this past week. But I'm looking forward to this upcoming week because the boys are taking a trip to Austin, Texas. It's my first time going there, so I'm pretty excited for that. But um, with all that being said, for today's episode, I want to introduce Gary Pastore. Gary is an American actor, stuntman, writer, and filmmaker who has acted in over 60 television and feature films since the 1980s. Uh, you may have seen him in many notable mob-related movies and TV shows like The Sopranos, Goodfellas, A Bronx Tale, The Irishman, or Blue Bloods. Just an overall great guy to talk to, and I think a lot of you will like this episode. Take it away, Bruce. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Recording out of New York City, New York. Welcome to the Undisputed Greatest Podcast in the World, Beyond the a while and get uh, get this going, but here I am. You're gonna, uh, how are you holding up with all this going on? Uh, you know, it's... I'm a survivor, you know. Um, being uh, through 9-11, which uh, created so much um, uh, personal loss for me, and dealing with that, this is, uh, this pales in comparison. I mean, is it is it scary? Yeah, but I have children, and I think I didn't have children during nine eleven. You know, I had a I had a dog, but I had a lot of friends, and a lot, I lost a bunch of friends, and it, it was I can't compare the two. You know, everybody's going, "Oh, this like a nine eleven." I said, no, "It's not. This is nothing." Yeah, I mean, if anything, you're trying to uh, uh, learn to live with what you have. You know. I still have a backyard. I still have musical instruments I can play. I write. So I'm making the best of it. And that's about as best as I can do. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, that's really all you can do right now, right? Like, it's now's the time. You, you have more time than ever now to, to do things, work on things. That's why we started or kept going with the podcast, being that right. we're stuck in the apartment. We can't go to the <laughs> studio, but we made went out and bought mics and we're making, making do with what we got, you know? So. No, it's a brilliant idea. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, the attention span of people is very low. I mean, they, they all seem to care about more what's on the news. I, I, I'd be honest with you guys. I stopped watching the news. I, I turned don't, it off. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't watch the news. I'll get it. I have on my phone if I, there's a bulletin. Mm-hmm. I will not watch any of these conferences. I don't watch the news. I don't watch any of them. I don't care. Yeah. I don't watch Trump. I don't watch what's going on with the election. I mean... I'm aware um, social media is kind of starting to get on my nerves because of all the negativity. And I feel that the only reason my head is where it's at is because um, I, I'm remaining positive through a very negative situation. And that's what I, I've always been told is that mm-hmm. you're going to only make it more negative by being negative. So why be negative? Be positive. Yeah, I try to stay away from all that shit. He he he, he reads all the time, and he's always like, "Dude, like another thousand deaths." I'm like, "Bro, like, why are you fucking telling me that?" Like, I hate even, politics, but I'll, I'll keep up with the news. I'm like, "Yo, don't even tell me that shit." I because I just, you know, at one point, I don't know, I don't know what's fact and what's fiction anymore. Oh yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah, you have no idea. No, no I there's so many. You know, I brought up something today. 
my friends are having a birthday party for a good friend of mine. Now, I would have had it in my backyard, okay? 15, 20 of us wearing masks if we had to mm-hmm. um, and sitting around uh, the, the fire pit and having a few beers. But now I got to do it virtually. They want to have a virtual birthday party tonight. That bothering me more than anything because I can go into ShopRite or Costco yeah. or one of these places with a mask with all these strangers that could be uh, possibly sick, but I can't hang out with the people that I adore. Yeah. Come on. You know, it, it's getting it's getting older by the day, um, but I deal. Yeah. There's See, nothing I, else I can do. I got to deal. You know? Yeah, no, I, I feel bad for my children. I just keep up with the news because we found out, was it last week, that we had a main water break in Jersey City, and we can't drink our water, our tap water. <laughs> like That was good to watch the news then. Exactly. I, I, my office used to be on Washington, right by the water. But, yeah, yeah. But don't fool you. He's watching the news before that, too. Like He's like, <laughs> he's like reading me the death totals every day. I'm like, bro, don't fucking tell me that. I don't want to hear that. Hey, what you should do then is read how many people survived. Exactly. Don't always go... Go that way. Don't go that way. That's what they want you to do. Yeah. <laughs> they want you to be full of doom and gloom. Uh, come on. Enough. Yeah, Jesus. No, I, it's up to us to make this I go think, away. Honestly, Seriously. I think we had it too. I think we both. I mean, I definitely had it. I, couldn't, I think I had it also. I couldn't taste your smell for about a month. I definitely. I was in Chicago. I was in Chicago for St. Patty's Day when all this like, went crazy. I didn't think it was that serious. I was there visiting my, my best friend for his birthday. And then uh, I came back. I couldn't taste it for a whole month. I know. Like, uh, the, whole, the whole thing is very, very strange. Hold on. I want to raise the volume here. Uh, okay. So what can we talk about that's fun? Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's uh, bring the mood yeah. a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, Gary, we want to thank you for coming on, man. Uh, your friend of Mike. So, uh, we were- Mikey, Mikey Marino. I just spoke to him a little while ago. Yeah, he's an awesome dude, man. He's an awesome dude. Uh, I love him. I love him. Great people. Yeah. I don't know. How, so how, where did your guys' friendship stem from? Yeah, what's your relationship with We live in the same town. Oh, so, uh, Scotch Plains, right? Yeah, it was about time we met <clears throat> coming from the same town. I mean, there's not that many people that are celebrity here. And uh, there's three. Mm-hmm. There used to be four. Mm-hmm. It was Pat Danazio from uh, the Smithereens. He lives up the block, but he passed away. Jerry Cooney, the boxer, lives in town. I do, and so does Mike. So that rounds it up. But a lot of a lot of good people, a lot of people in the arts and sports have come out of Scotch Points. Great little town. I really love it here. Been here for almost 20 years. And um unfortunately, Jersey, I don't know how long I'm gonna stay here though. <laughs> and take it easy on Jersey. I'm I'm from Jersey. I'm a Jersey guy uh, through and through. So oh bro, it's it's not that I just you know, again, the taxes are very high. Yeah, that's very true. Very you true. know, I don't want to. I don't want to have to live to, to pay taxes, mm-hmm. yeah. and especially now where I'm doing mostly just acting. I'm not. I'm not a stagehand that much anymore. Yeah. A because I'm getting too old, and B, um, my career starting to take off as an actor. It's becoming difficult to try and juggle a schedule. Yeah. I mean, I need the money because uh, I still have bills to pay in between jobs, but. Before this stupid virus came, I, I was stacked. Yeah, I had two films back to back. I was supposed to go to Germany do a movie. Yeah, um, while you're on, tell, us, us, hmm? tell us. Tell us. I said while, while we're on the topic, take us through a little bit. What are some of the projects and stuff you had going on before this all went down? Well, <clears throat> I just finished a film called Shooting Heroin uh, last year, mm-hmm. and October. Uh, October. Sorry. I don't know what month it is. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> April, April 3rd, we were having our uh, um, wide release. You know, it was going to be at 350 theaters mm-hmm. and be on some streaming networks. And now the whole deal went to streaming. And we were supposed to have a big uh, shindig at the Beverly Hills Film Festival and a party over at Grumman's. And you got to realize something that every job I do is a stepping stone for the next job. So not having the fanfare and the, the, the obligatory uh, the things you do when you're in a film to help bolster the success of it, I couldn't do anything. Everything had to be done from my computer here, like we're doing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we had a red carpet Zoom interview. <laughs> Jeez, that's unreal. I swear to God, all, all the stars in the movie were uh, on Zoom. Do you have to dress up for that? Oh, yeah, I dressed. What'd you I do? had my underwear on and a tuxedo jacket. You were a suit on top and then boxers on the bottom? Had your yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what I did. No, no I didn't. <laughs> I mean, right now I have... Uh, Jog, this is my outfit every day. Jogging pants and a and a tennis shirt. <laughs> That's all. Stay comfortable. That's all. So you yeah, take us, uh, take us a little bit through growing up. Uh, you grew up in Staten Island. Take us a little bit through kind of how you found your way into acting and, and a little bit about your upbringing. I started when I was, uh, I started in high school. I did, I actually was in a rock band. And I had really long hair. And, um, my drama teacher came and saw me saying at this, uh, it was like a battle of the bands. And when I was in the class, he said, how would you like to play Tony in West Side Story? I said, oh, you know, uh, it's intriguing. I said, but I got, I got to cut my hair. And he goes, yes, you'd have to cut your hair. I, says, I don't know if I want to cut my hair. Long story short, I cut my hair. I did it. Um, so I got bit. And then I did some extra work on uh, the movie. Wow, I'm going to date myself. Once Upon a Time in America, which was like 1980. Mm-hmm. And I did some modeling, which I hated. Modeling, I got into soap operas. And soap operas, I got into films and TV Why shows. Huh? Why'd you hate the modeling? Uh, I wasn't the right sexuality at the time. It was... Um, it was it was difficult for a straight male. I'll put it to you that way when I went. And I'm not homophobic. I have nothing against homosexuality. I'm just not one. Yeah. So it, it, it was difficult. You know, um, it's funny. I have a lot of gay friends. Uh, and we get along great. But for some reason in the modeling business, it was a little more slimy. If you know what I mean? Without getting into detail. So, uh, yeah. You know, I did, a, I did a couple of print jobs. So I was supposed to go to Italy and... Uh, do magazines. Yeah, I was actually handsome at one time. <laughs> I don't I don't know what happened. <laughs> but uh yeah, man, it just wasn't my cup of tea. You know when something's not your cup of tea, it's not my cup of tea. Trust me, man. I've I've been through it. I was uh I was in finance when I first graduated college, I was fucking miserable, and then I uh, found my way into media. So I I've 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 been down that road too. So I mean man, you're in a good place. Yeah. You know, listen, I always say do what you love and love what you do. If you don't love it, then don't do it. Exactly. Um, you know, I'm a big advocate of arts and people who, who can paint and do things that normal people can't do. And I'm not saying normal, but people that are not adept. To, I can't draw a stick figure. Yeah. My mother and my sister are amazing artists. Yeah. You know, so I'm a big advocate. And I just feel that, you know, you, you, you like music, you want to play guitar. My, my youngest son is playing guitar now. He's got hair down here, you know. He's only 13 years old. I'm not going to stop him from pursuing his dreams. I just want him to know that if your dreams don't succeed, then you have to have a backup plan. Right. That's my main advice to anybody. Always have a backup plan. Right. We've had uh, we've had, we've spoken to a few actors, and we kind of always ask them how they get into it because it's something that me and him have looked into, like taking acting classes and things like that. Something we've always been interested yeah, in. They talked about HB Studio, or we're yeah. looking into that. Yeah, a bunch of different stuff. So, what would you what would you say would be the best route for someone like brand new trying to look into look into it? I tell them to go do something else. <laughs> <laughs> they say, "What are you? What are you fucking nuts? <laughs> Why would you want to torture yourself?" Um, the sad reality, and I've been telling a lot of actors this, um, is it took a long time for me to realize how come some actors work a lot, some actors don't work at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the people you meet and the work you get. Like, work begets work, like I said. Um, I've been lucky that the last few jobs, the directors and producers have been hiring me. I haven't had to go to a, a casting session or right. read for a casting director, which I abhor anyway. I hate it. I got to be honest with you. To me, one of the worst things to do is to go to a casting session when there's 10 other guys that look just like you, mm-hmm. same age range, same 
you know, let's say they want an Italian, uh, 45 to 55, right, uh, for this role. You know that you're going to go there and there's going to be 10 other guys that look just like you mm-hmm. and that are, are pretty well versed, that are good actors. And most of the time I go to these sessions and I see my friends there. So it makes it even more uncomfortable. Me, if I don't get it, I hope my friend gets it. But I can tell you walk in a room sometimes, these guys are looking at you like they want you to die. Like they know. I mean, it was, when I got cast in the deuce, there was a lot of gents there that I knew. And I walked out of that audition feeling really good about it. And for a good reason, I got cast. But you can see that the, when you walk in the room, people see you and they, they look at you like, oh, no, why is he here? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, it, that's a rough thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I don't care. And like I said, if I don't get it, I hope you get it. You know, and you should feel the same about me. And that competition there sucks. That's the worst thing to deal with. Now, after doing this over 35 years in, I paid my dues. And I think that it's okay that now directors and producers can call me in. I think that that's great. I think I've proven myself as as an artist, as an actor. Um, I still have to read. But for the most part, lately, I've been lucky. They, I've been getting cast based on my past work. I know this film, um, Shooting Heroin, is going to do wonders for my career. I play a mid, um, mid-Pennsylvania sheriff. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where I've shown them that, hey, I don't always have to play a gangster, even though I can play one in my sleep. Yeah. I did something different. And that's what I always tell actors is dare to be different. Don't be the same person all the time because then you're only, you're only getting breadcrumbs of what's left of a pie anyway. Mm-hmm. If I'm getting cast and the director and the producer are casting most of the film before it even gets to a casting director, how many roles do you take left? Not many. Yeah. And think about that. Think about, the amount of people that are going to go out for these very few roles. People don't look uh, down the line of, of the problems. I would tell you, you guys want to be actors, go for it. Don't make it a career. Make it a hobby. When I started making this a hobby, I started getting more work because I stopped giving a shit. Mm-hmm. And casting directors, when you walk in, they see on your face how desperate you are. That's why I don't give a shit. I'll go in. I'll give it my best. I will try my best to have the lines and and dialogue memorized by the time I get in. And I realize that if you don't have to hold the script in your off book, you probably have a better shot because these TV shows, they work so fast. The director wants you to go and he wants you to know your lines. He wants to shoot you and send you home. You know, that's pretty much what a day player, which is somebody like uh, they used to call it a walk on uh, that, 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 that's what they would get. But for anybody who's going to be in a show for four five, six, seven days, even you have a little more time to play with it. Mm-hmm. I was on the deuce days to change. They changed my script overnight. I'd come to the next, uh, like say tomorrow, I got to go shoot. I'd get the size It'd be something totally different than what I memorized. On the day, and it happens all the time. Wow. It pisses you off because you had a certain mindset for the way you were going to do it before. You're prepared, and then you come in that next day, and all of a sudden, now you have to make um, you have to make all these um, changes. Yeah. It's so. It, why does anybody want to do this? I don't know. Challenge. It's so crazy to me because we. Some of the last, the last few actors we've spoken to, they just kind of, like you said, for you as a hobby, we talked to Steve Sharipa yesterday. He, he said he just kind of fell into it. Like it was just kind of like a, something he just did. We talked to Eileen Grubbo. She's an actress as well. She like, same thing. She just kind of, she said like by accident, I became an actor. Like it's, it's crazy that it's almost like a lot of these people just kind of find their way into it. It's, it's usually later on in life too, for a lot of these people. Which is absolutely. Crazy. Uh, absolutely. I know a lot of actors that started in the 40s, 50s. 
uh, Vinny, cousin Vinny. Um, I'm in a business longer than him. He got in, I guess he was around in his 40s mm. when he first got in. Um, so a lot of guys start late. I've heard actors starting in their 50s. Yeah. Um, and that's great if you have the training and you could get in there and, and, and be like anybody else. Um, then I think you're in great shape. Yeah. You know, the hardest part as you get older is if you got a lot of dialogue, you got to memorize the dialogue. <laughs> it becomes a little more difficult as you get older. There's no question about it. And especially when there's changes. Um, I love direct. I like working with directors that have, and writers that give you freedom that if you don't like the way something's coming out, that you have the ability to uh, put it in your own. Like, you know, a lot of times they have these mob scripts and they go, well, gangsters not going to talk like this. Cause I know how they talk. I was around them. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'd say a gangster never say this. They go, okay. They do what he would say. And I do it and they loved it. So you get lucky, but there's other writers. They won't even let you change a word. Yeah. Would you say in those mobster roles that you growing up with those guys, was that like an inspiration for you as to where these characters draw from when you when you inspiration? No. <laughs> Could I have been a gangster? Absolutely. With the people that I I knew, maybe some relatives, <laughs> I could have been. Absolutely. When I looked at the end game, what's the end game? Jail or dead? You know, so <clears throat> portraying them on screen and doing a, a good job of it. If I'm going to cast the film and I got gangsters in it, all wise guys are street guys. Believe you me, I'm going to go cast guys that I know that are actors that are actual guys like that. Mm. You know, Tony Sirico on the Sopranos, uh, Holy Walnuts. I know him. I know him as long as I'm in a business. Mm -hmm. And what you see is what you get. In fact, you see some of his costumes he had on Sopranos. That was probably his real wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, the first time I met him, he had spats on. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing with those things on? Was, well, I liked them. I said, where'd you get those from, James Cagney? You know, it looked like somebody you wore angels with dirty faces. He comes walking up with them. I said, you're nuts. Oh, so, man, you, you should look. You should watch our Lilo Brancato interview. He was, he was talking a lot. I know Lilo very well. I actually, um, we were really close friends, especially during the time of um, Bronx Tale, because I worked on a Bronx Tale. Yeah. Um, yeah, we spent a lot of time together. When he had that situation, everybody kind of backed off, and being that I have uh, an uh, NYPD background and friends that are in it, um, it was kind of hard because... Uh, of his past, but I think honestly, everybody deserves to have redemption. And I think that people need to lighten up. He was in a bad place when that happened. And I, I think he needs to be forgiven. You know, some cops are like, no, never forgive. Come on, people make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah you should honestly give our, that, our episode with him to listen. He talks about all that. And he talks about everyone backing off from him. Um, he goes like, like really in depth. He goes him. really in depth with us about. It's, it's actually very interesting. He had some words for Paul Walnuts. <laughs> yeah, he actually did an imitation of him that was so hilarious. It was so <laughs> yeah. spot on. Like you would imagine, it was so funny. But um, yeah. I mean, those were all, they were all my friends. Yeah, yeah. You know, before the Sopranos came out, I mean, these were all my friends. Um, Paulie, especially mm -hmm. uh, Paulie, Tony Sirico. His actual name is Gennaro, and so is mine. And he, uh, he calls me Jana. Hey, Jana, how you doing? <laughs> and um, we actually got into a huge fight with these two guys back in the 80s in front of a, a restaurant. I was the, uh, was like the doorman. You had to get by me to even get in. And I didn't want to let these guys in. And, and Tony was next to me. And the kid told me to go F my mother. <laughs> so Tony goes, what did he say? <laughs> <laughs> he said, he told me to go F my mother. He goes, that's what I thought he said. We both went out Big brawl. He broke his finger in that fight. <laughs> so if you see one of his fingers is crooked, you say, how, how did you break your finger? Oh, me and Jana in the front of Columbus on Columbus Avenue. They'll tell you. It's hysterical. Funny, funny times. And now to see these clowns on screen, Todd, 
I'll tell you what, uh, Johnny Sachs, um, and what's his name? Vinnie Curatola. We went to NYU together. He was in my film class. Wow. And uh, he was hysterical in, in college. Such a big industry, but it's a small, small world. I feel like you guys all cross paths and know one another from somewhere. Oh, absolutely. That's why I said when you go up to these mob roles and you got five, six, maybe even ten friends in the same room, um, it, it, it's awkward, you know? It's very awkward. Yeah. Me and one of my close friends were up for the same role. He got it. And I congratulated him. And I wound up being on the same show and got a bigger role. Wow. Now, you tell me, if is that karma? I, I don't know. You know, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to... Uh, I don't know how to take that. It, to me, you give out good, you get back good. You give out bad, you get back bad. I always give out positivity. Yeah. And then you who watches the news over there, <laughs> gotta look at the cup always as half full, not half empty. If you want to be in a positive day every day. Again, every day for me is rough here. I'm not working. I don't know when the industry's going back. Um, I still have projects that are, are repairing to go. I just wrote one that I'd like to get going after this is done. Uh, I just finished a movie called Crabs in a Bucket with Jeremy Piven and Bruce Stern. How's, how's, uh, how's Jeremy Piven? He's the best. Yeah. We, it was funny. The first day we worked, he was a little standoffish, as he should be. I mean, I wasn't up in the guy's shit. I always give people their space. Yeah. Always give people their space. If you act like a, a dick, I'm going to give you the most space. Because when you come around and you're not a dick anymore, I might, not be, I might be the dick. You know what I mean? I just try and be as nice as I possibly can all the time. And I gave Jeremy his space. He was a little standoffish. And the next day he came and he sat with me and we had, uh, we ate and we talked, you know, by the time we were done, I know that they wrote three additional scenes for me and Jeremy. And I don't think that that happened by, uh, by chance. Do you follow me? Yeah. It could happen because if Jeremy didn't want me in those three scenes, I wouldn't have been in them. Um, you know, he was, the, he's the star. I think he's got a producer's credit. Um, so I'm very thankful that Jeremy, um, had that much faith in me. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, obviously when we see each other on set, we're very cordial. I still give him his space, but you know, I'm working with a guy who I admire. I, I loved his work on Entourage and, uh, other things he's done. He's a great actor yeah. and he's a really cool guy. Yeah. So is there, I mean, you've been in like, you've been in some fucking big time movies. Is there anyone that sticks out to you? Like you were like shocked at how like great of a guy they were or, or girl? Harrison Ford. Really? Oh, he was the best. I went out drinking with him. <laughs> you got to tell us about that. With the hogs and heifers with him, we drank tequila shots. <laughs> you got to tell us about that night. That's awesome. Um, Jack Nicholson was great. Um, I was going to bring up his name. What was it like, you know, doing your first film credit and working alongside him? And did he inspire you to... You oh, my know, God. I was, I was so in because he was one of my favorites. Yeah. Him and, and back in that time, it was him and Donald Sutherland, believe it or not. Because those are the films, if you look back in the early 80s, late 70s, a lot of the movies starred those two guys. Mm -hmm. um, and I had met both. And then De Niro, obviously, uh, meeting him. How's it? Was, uh, Bobby's quirky. He's a quirky guy. We've heard we, so so far the people we've had on, we've heard mixed things about him. Some really good, some bad, some. He's quirky. You know, that's the only thing I'd say about him. He's another guy. Give us space too. He won't. You won't talk to him for a week, and then he'll talk to you a half hour about the watch you have on. You know, he's that kind of guy. Um, Al Pacino is always very cool, and I worked with him four or five times already. Yeah. Um, and I hope to do another movie with him that I wrote um, where he's got a uh, a decent little role as a what police about, captain. What about, uh, what about Johnny Depp when you were in... Um... Johnny Depp is amazing. Yeah. Amazing dude. A lot of fun with him. Yeah, he's like, he's like standoffish with the media, but I just feel like he's like the coolest motherfucker alive. Robert Downey Jr., great. Yeah. 
had a lot of fun with him. I saw him again after he got sober, and I said, come on, let's go out. He goes, oh, no, now are you. <laughs> what about... Uh, you were like this. <laughs> you, were in, uh, you were in Wolf of Wall Street as well, right? Yes. What about Leonardo DiCaprio? I've heard some wild things. He's, he's a good guy. I mean, he's not one of those guys that, you know, who's going to become your best friend. He's got his friends. Yeah. It's funny, even now, me, and I'm not a big movie star by any means, I'm keeping my circles kind of small. Yeah. I have to. I have to. Too many people. Uh, I just, me, I like, I like my solitude. I like my space. And I understand why a lot of actors don't like when other actors get in their space because, you know, they just, they just go to do the work. Yeah. Will Smith said something to me once. He said, Gary, you know what I missed the most? I said, what? And he said, um, I miss going to the supermarket. You know, he goes, I miss going to the supermarket and where it's not a mob scene, you know, it's like I gotta go in off hours. Yeah, we went we had uh we had a guy an influencer, you might have heard of him, Chicle, Chicklet. He uh he's got like four million followers on Instagram. He blew up in the last like three years. He said mm-hmm. the biggest thing he misses is being able to go to the mall, like just being able to go walk around and know what is he? Is he a rapper? No, he's uh he's like an influencer on Instagram, yeah. he's a comedian, like he just does oh, really? Yeah, All right. check him out, Chicklet, huh? Yeah. yeah, he uh, yeah, he said the biggest thing for him is he just can't, he just can't even go to the mall anymore. It's like it's the biggest thing he misses, and he seems just like I mean, just like like yourself and like a lot of, a lot of I mean, I mean, we're all we're all human at the end of the day. It's a regular dude, like you know, we were, we were bullshitting him back and forth, like what we're doing right now, and you could just tell, like it actually like really bothered him. He's like, I can't even do that. I can't even go out. Without- you know, uh, Jim Gandolfini and I were pretty pretty tight. Yeah. Um. He and I had the most fun talking about eating, restaurants, and football. So a lot of actors, uh, we don't like to talk always about the business. It's work. I, I prefer not to when I'm out. I mean, it's obvious that you, you want to talk about a project coming up and get right to it or talk about something you recently worked on. Um, what for the most part, talking about the business day in, day out, yeah. I'm not into that. It's like work. You don't want to talk about work all the time. But No. I mean, here, with this going on, I've had a lot of time to <clears throat> kind of regurgitate the last bunch of years. Yeah. And what I've been through and what I want to do going forward. Mm-hmm. I realize how important my family is now. Um, that I've been home with them so much. And um, I don't ever want to lose that. They're not I don't want to ever lose who I am as a person because technically I, I'm a nice guy. You know, I'm, I'm a really nice guy. And sometimes people do take advantage of it. Um, they think that because I'm nice, you know, they take it as a sign of weakness. And, um, I'm not weak. That, that would be the last thing you ever remember about me is being weak. I, I will give you the shirt off my back. Just walk with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So, so yeah, with all this time, you mentioned Will Smith. He, he, he seems like he's doing good with his, his Will From Home show. Do you think you, you would ever want to start something like that, like your own talk show or podcast? If anything, I would like to do a celebrity cooking show. Because I cook very well. I went to culinary school. Awesome. You have your own book, right? I have my own, yeah, I wrote it about, I wrote it for college kids. My kid, my uh, nephew was on <clears throat> Ohio State football. Uh-huh. And he used to ask me, hey, uh, he goes, uh, I got a bunch of the guys from the team coming over. Can you give me a recipe for something? So I can bake ziti or eggplant, bullet, uh, teeny or chicken parmesan, something like that. And I give him the recipe. He goes, you know, you should write a cookbook. I said, yeah, okay, when I have time. <laughs> Wound up, I had a double hernia operation that year, and we had a blizzard when it happened. So I was home like this for, I don't know how many, sorry, my chair. I was home for a couple of weeks in pain, and it was snowy out, so I just, I wrote it. And I put the first person I brought it to me, published it, they thought it was a great idea. I just didn't go bother to get it republished. If I did it now, I'm sure I could, especially with a little fame behind me. Yeah. And we'll see. You know, 
I'm writing the book uh, Distressed, or I wrote it. I'm waiting for it to come out based on the movie that I directed back in 2014. Yeah. Is there an aspect, is there a certain thing you like better? Whether Do you like acting more? Do you like directing? Do you like writing? Like, what's what do you enjoy the most? I love acting. Yeah. I love directing. Um, I like to perform, you know, that's, I think that's why everybody does this is because you're supposed to like what you're doing. You want to, you want to enjoy your, uh, your, your time while you're here. And if you know that you can do things, you know, becoming an actor and, and acting every time I do a role, if you watch me now, I put an art to it. When I did uh, Matty the Horse on the Deuce, I was Matty the Horse. I met him. I watched stuff from about him, and I tried to uh, immortalize him as much as I could and portray him as in the best light possible. And the same with, uh, you know, Jerry Whalen and uh, shooting heroin. I, I I put my 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 whole heart and my depth into it. And maybe that's why I won two, uh, what do you call it, two awards, Best Supporting Actor. I'm not taking away from anybody I worked with on that movie. Everybody did a great job. And they all helped in me doing the job I did. Um, but it was a stretch for me. And I'm glad that my stretch uh, came across on film. You know, some, some actors, I would say, you know, don't do a role. Like, I just saw John Turturro and... Um, plot against America and he's a, a rabbi but with a southern accent it threw me because I've never met a rabbi with a southern accent and I can't tell if I liked it or not I have to watch it again you guys should watch it and you let me know what you think what is it, what is it called? The Plot Against America it's on HBO it's a six it's a six uh, series miniseries I'll check it out it's about, um, it's a what if movie. <clears throat> what if Charles Lindbergh became the president of the United States? It's almost like a, it's kind of like a, a dig at, at Trump. What if Trump was the president during World War II? That's what it is. Gotcha. Interesting. Thanks, Without saying so. I mean, you got to watch it and you go, wow, there's a lot going on here. You know, and listen, Dave Simon wrote it. And he wrote the deuce <clears throat> and he wrote the wire. So he knows what he's doing. He's a, he's a great writer. Yeah. I, ha I haven't got around to the deuce yet. Deuce is on my list of things I want to watch. I mean, I've heard. Oh, what the hell are you talking to me for? You don't even know who I am. <laughs> I heard great things about the show. <laughs> but um, The show's great. Yeah. It was fun. How, how I, was it? I only regret is I didn't have more work on it. Yeah. How was it? How was it working with James Franco? Funny. He's an interesting. He directed me in one episode. That's all I. The only time I saw him, actually. Yeah, I've read he's an interesting guy. I I didn't work with him one on one. We were not in any scenes together. <clears throat> I was uh, I'm in a mob family, and it's not the one that he associates with. So I wouldn't have much interaction with him unless he did something stupid. Right. right. You know, he just directed me in one episode. I found that interesting that he did the twin thing, and to me, you know, that doesn't always work. I find that confusing, you yeah. know, unless it's about a real character, like, um, if it's a, if, you know, if it's a nonfiction story, then it kind of makes sense. Yeah. But for somebody to want to play twins, it's hard enough being uh, one guy, you'll be two guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, talk to us a little bit about the production company you started up. Oh, Willow Creek Entertainment? Yeah, I started in 1999. The first film I did was uh, Waiting for Bud. The poster's on the wall. I, if I can turn it this way, you'll see all my <laughs> shit. But it's it's too busy, so I figured this was a nicer, this yeah. a nicer view. Um, I produced this uh, play on the waterfront, the famous on the waterfront. We did it in Hoboken for two nights, and we had all the Sopranos come. And some of them were in it. And this was when The Sopranos was hot. Yeah. And uh, we did it outside. First night, there was a 1,000 people. Second night, we were expecting more. 
and then Edie and uh, James uh, were going to come to it. And I heard that Bud Schulberg, the writer of On the Waterfront, was coming. I was like, oh, shit. And uh, the, the outlook for the forecast was horrific. And sure enough, the next day, bucket, I'm not talking rain. I'm talking the deluge. I never saw so much rain fall. Um, and I had my guy when we were shooting, um, when we shot prior to, he just came out of film school. His name is Foka Barson. And he wound up being my DP on the last two movies I did. I said, uh, you got to film this. This is just crazy. So I had him do behind the scenes of the play. And what transpired the next day with the film, with all the rain and the storm and how crazy it was, we made a short film. The short film won 10 awards. It was incredible. Uh, and Bud Schulberg came, you know, and he died like three days later. It's crazy. So it was like his swan song wow. to come see it. We did it. We wound up doing the play inside um, a college up in Hoboken. And um, I made a movie about it that, you know, this famous iconic guy came yeah. and I got to learn a lot about Bud. He was, uh, he was a pretty interesting guy. He pushed, which I never knew. I, I, the most fascinating thing I found out about him is he actually pushed uh, Robert Kennedy out of the way when he was about to be shot. He saw him get shot. Wow. Yeah. Um, you ended so, up. Huh? You ended up losing that all on 9-11, correct? What? The entertainment company you started up? Yep. And then I started it up out of my house, and I did distress with it. Okay. So I'm still Willow Creek. I Hudson Film Group, which was down where you guys are in Jersey City, yes. That right after uh, – actually, that disbanded. And we had it on – it was on Fifth Avenue – you got to forgive me because me going back, I can't remember yesterday anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, every day is melted into each other. It's going to take me a week just to get back on track again. <laughs> it's crazy. So it's like I don't even need a calendar. <laughs> I don't know why. I didn't realize it was me. <laughs> um, Willow Creek opened up on Fifth Avenue. We, we were there. Yes, 9-11 knocked it out mm -hmm. started back up again in Jersey city with Hudson film group. And that's what I did. Um, waiting for bud. Okay. And we produced the play. We were supposed to do a few movies out of there, but, uh, we got scammed by uh, some investors. So I shut down and now I'm working out of my home office and it's much better and much smoother and much brighter. And I don't have to deal with all the, the bullshit and I save money. You know, I don't have to rent anything. That's my home office, yeah. which I love. You know, I'm very creative in here. It's my space. I guess the feng shui's pretty good. <laughs> so, so how, how's your uh, your brother and cousin doing? You know, your cousin's an actor. Your brother's a musician. Uh, Vinny's good. He's home. You know, um, one of our close friends, Nick Cadero, who Vinny was on Broadway with. He was in. Um, <clears throat> He was in a Bronx tale, actually. He was the lead singer of a Bronx tale. He played uh, Milo's character. Wow. I believe. Did he play Milo's character? No, he played Sonny's character. I'm sorry. So anyway, um, he had corona and he lost his leg. So that just recently came to light. So Vinny's very, he's, you know, he's taking all of this very seriously. He's an older gent. He's older than me. And I know he doesn't want to get sick, but... Uh, you know, once we're back up, we're all going to start working again. There's no question about it. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Um, and then they want to start chipping people and giving them inoculations. I'm not for that. That's going to be a problem for me. I'm not into getting, I don't think they're ever going to put a chip in my body. I don't think I would ever allow that. Yeah. So if it means I don't go back to work or I get chipped, I don't know. I guess I'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. But uh, no, nah, I'm not going to be tracked you know i mean it's getting scary it's kind of george orwell yeah yeah you know yeah so what what's uh what's next for you like i mean you mentioned some of the things you're doing before but anything outside of acting you're looking to do maybe philanthropy work maybe some side endeavors anything else you got going on 
I'm, I'm seriously thinking about maybe opening a restaurant. Um, I don't know where or why. And I have to see now after that. Again, everything that I had plans for, mm-hmm. it's going to take a while now just to see what happens. I don't know how these businesses are going to recover in my town. Yeah. <clears throat> why would I do something that's going to have that much of a chance of failure? Yeah. Um, if this is the way the times are going to be, so uncertain that they can just come and shut you down and tell you you can't work and tell you you can't go into your business and tell you, you know, good luck trying to pay your bills. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's very, very hard now to have a crystal ball and figure out what's next. I, I can only stay positive. I, I'm supposed to do a horror film called Jasper when this is all over and I, I'm plugging to play the detective. I wrote a movie called The Lieutenant, The, the Lunatics. And um, I'm hoping that I get that going. That looks like it would be my next big endeavor would be that, that I get the, my screenplay off the ground and, um, and shoot it. And I'm going to work very furtively to do that. But again, to even talk to anybody about anything now, it's just, yeah. it's so, because there's so much uncertainty. Mm-hmm. As soon as I can hear Phil Murphy say, hey, listen, we're going to open up for good. And well, then, then I can start to do and entertain what's going to happen next. But I can't until I know. And it's just like anybody. Nobody knows. Well, it's a big mystery. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. You know? You also, you went to a special screening in Lakewood, New Jersey. How did, how did that go? It's for the Autism Shield program? Well, yeah, that was for distress. That went very well. You know, we raised some money. But then, you know, wonders never cease. Um, the money that I was supposed to give to uh, the charity was was taken by the theater. They, um, I had to bring them to court and everything. So it, that didn't end so pleasantly. The, the show went great. But then I went to give the, you know, the uh, donation to the Autism Society and it wound up at the theater robbed all the profits that I had made. They it's great. You know, and I had to sue them. Hmm? It was crazy because we were talking to Steve Sharipa the other day, and he, he was saying he, how strict he was about what charities he gives money to. Yeah, he was saying, like, he, he wanted to work with these companies, and then after, or these charities, and then afterwards he found out the CEO of the charity is making $700,000 yeah. a year. And he's like, how much of dimes? I was on a board. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not saying that they're finagly charity but i know that a lot of the money doesn't go right to i'd rather do where at least the recipients are getting the the lion's share of the money yeah you know you know listen marching times they have a lot of expenses they do a lot of big events and and it costs money i get it um but when you find out what actually goes to the recipients the ones that you're doing the charity for it's 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 horrible you know, my, my big things right now are, are uh, autism and um, any kind of child um, charities. You know, where I have three, four beautiful, healthy children. So uh, I'm lucky. And because of that, I like to give back. Again, I, I do like to, I appreciate that I have four healthy children because I do. Some parents don't. And whatever I could do to help them, I'll help them. You yeah. know, it's, awesome. it's the way you should be. You know, if, if not for anything from all of this, I hope that we come back being more humane and better humans. That, that should be it. But I don't see it because social media is a, it's a nightmare. I don't even want to go on Facebook anymore. The cursing and the mudslinging and the this and the that. You know, and, and then they drag me in. Because I'm very, very staunch about certain things. And I can't stand it. I really can't stand it. People need to learn to be better people because... Facebook has become more of like a... It's almost like a debating like platform. I feel like, I feel like everyone debates politics, debates things in the news. They debate all these things. I mean, I, got, I mean, our generation... I'm not really on Facebook ever. I know you deleted Facebook, but like... It's just like I feel like it's become like a like people debate like I, and it's it's mostly like older older generation not us. Yeah, I have a couple of groups. I have a group on Facebook called Friends of GP. There's probably about 750 members, and it's mostly directors, actors, writers, and famous people. 
you know, there's a lot of, there's Academy Award winners on the site. Yeah. Um, the reason I did it is I wanted something for, um, like Kathy Moriarty just said hello to me the other day on it. Uh, I did it as a place to get away from politics and all this nonsense. I don't allow it. If you talk politics on the side, it throw you off. Yeah. You want to do it out in a forum. You want to get something off your chest. That's fine, but not my, not my group. Even Twitter is just drama. Also. Oh, I got rid of Twitter. I'm done. <laughs> go on. I use, I use Twitter. Shit show. I use Twitter. Yeah. show. I use Twitter strictly <laughs> for sports news. Like, I only follow sports things. I use it to watch, to read sports things, but I don't tweet. I don't do anything. Twitter is just negative, strictly negative. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> yeah. I cut that out. Facebook's next. Oh, they're, they're definitely next. Yeah. I like Instagram. I don't mind. Instagram, Instagram is fine. If anybody does politics on my thing, I just I don't follow. You know, I keep it strictly business. I love you have to be out there. Yeah, I love LinkedIn too, just because of one how so I'm on there as well. Growth, I like both and two, everything's. I feel like everyone posts positive things or inspirational things or stories and things that you want to read. Like I got a lot of professional. And yeah, it's business professional. Mm-hmm. It is more professional. Um, now, do you guys, you guys are going to cut this? Is that what happens? Yeah, we yeah. cut it all up. Do you want you should have pictures and posters of distressed when I talk about it. Make it pop up. I don't know if you could. Yeah. Waiting for Bud. I mean, these things are all up there. Um, I got stills I can send you if you like. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, anything anything you want. Yeah, we could we can throw on our, our page too. I mean, we can do it, we can do whatever you need. But, um, yeah, I figured that you kind of cut and paste this, right? Yeah, yeah. Because we, we do a pre-recorded intro, so like before we even talk, we do an intro and then we go into it. So yeah, we can chop up whatever you need. Uh, do you need anything um, now for like the beginning of the show? Like, hey guys, you want a new um, introduction? Or you were all good? No, we're good. no not really. We, we have uh, so our intro. Our intro is actually we we do it like a describe what we talk about, and then we Bruce Buffer actually did it did our intro. So our intro. Is oh, good. okay, great. Bruce Buffer, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. All right, very good. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, my other interest is I love the ocean. I love to go fishing. I like to play with my children. Um, How old are your kids? I have an eight-year-old daughter. I have a 13-year-old son. Well, he's going to be 14 in a week. I got a 16-year-old son and I got a 23-year-old daughter who lives in Arizona. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All over over the place. (laughs) Keep me, um, they keep me grounded. Yeah. And my wife, Mel, you know, she takes care of the children, the house. They driving you crazy or no? At times, you know, uh, my oldest son, Justin, he's uh, plays football. He plays track. He plays basketball. So he's a little start crazy. Yeah. You know, he's one of those kids that has to keep going. And at least he's working out downstairs. And I try and let them know that this is just a little bump in the road. You're part of a uh, history right here. This will be something that they'll be talking about for the next hundred years. Better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, are you looking to move? Florida? No, actually, um, Delaware. Delaware, really? Yeah, I'm looking down in uh, Lewis, Rehoboth, uh, Delaware. It's nice down there. I want to get a place near the beach yeah. and uh, be done with the bump and grind. I mean, now that I'm working a lot as an actor, I'll either drive or uh, they'll fly me because that's what they do anyway. Yeah. yeah. You know? Uh, it's a shame because Newark Airport is only 30 minutes from my house now. And I think the nearest airport is 70 miles away if I go to Delaware. But whatever. Yeah. It's beautiful down there. And I like the people. I just don't know when or if. Again, everything's set back. You know? mm-hmm. This possibly sent me back six months to a year, Yeah, I would say. Yeah, they're saying it might not. It's probably not going to be back to normal until next spring, like completely normal which is insane to think about. Well, I can't see me not making any films or TV shows between now and then. I'm not going to be able to afford anything, you know? They got, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll, they're going to line up on restrictions and things, but they say complete normalcy. They're projecting next spring, which is unbelievable. I think you can make a killer with that cooking book. Yeah. If you do a cooking show, even if you do it via Zoom like this and you get other guys, I think you'd make a fuck. Especially all these college kids. Like, I mean, we, we graduated about two years ago and, we're still on a budget for food and all that. <laughs> Ramen? 
<laughs> Not ramen. We, we upgraded a little, little, bit. little more class. We yeah. upgraded from ramen. <laughs> right, but I make my own. Yeah, do you? Uh, yeah, you know, before this whole outbreak, I, I I would go into the Asian store and make my own, um, like ramen or noodle soup. I make my own stock. I put uh, all kinds of fresh vegetables in it. I love that. Yeah. I put ginger in it. Remember when they said to have hot liquids? I was eating that stuff daily. You know, I put fresh ginger in it. It makes you feel good, too. You have any kind of uh, cold coming on, there's nothing like a, a bowl of a hot, spicy you know, soup with fresh ginger and fresh ingredients in it. Yeah. Really, you should, really, really good for you. You should do it because you give kids like us in that in those early 20s, like living in quarantine right now, running yeah. low on food, you give us something. To My problem is somebody who's going to – I can't cook and have somebody hold the camera. I need the cameraman. Yeah. You know, there's even this guy, his name is Pasquale. He's this old Italian guy. He's hilarious. I love him. He reminds me like little old grandpa. And he's in the kitchen. He drinks his wine. He's got somebody shooting. He's got like, I don't know how many followers. Yeah. And he's, he's actually a really good chef. I like the way he cooks. Yeah. He reminds me of my dad. You so. know, the way my father would cook. So, so I enjoy watching him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would be funny if I did it, obviously. Um, I have a great kitchen for it. I just need uh, any cameraman. I cameraman, I put it up tomorrow. Hey, we're here. No. Yeah, we're, we're here. We need it. Come on over. Come, come on over, man. Come to Scotch Plains. Only a half hour from you. Maybe. So there, wait, there's one more thing I wanted to ask you, but then I'll let you go because you gave us a lot of time here. But uh, tell us a little bit about the New York Friars Club, if you can't even talk about it. I don't really know much about it. Well, the Friars Club is in danger uh, of shutting down. Uh, for years and years, there was a lot of mismanagement and Mm-hmm. I left, to be honest with you. I left um, and then I leave. I haven't been here probably two years. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some issues with the dues, and you know, you, it's very expensive. Um, and the dues there are uh, they're high. You got to eat there a lot. And then there were some problems down and getting down the street, and you know, I think people just lost interest. Um, I know it's still there. I don't know what's going to happen after this is all over. What, what, you know, that somebody's been trying to buy that building for years. Was it like, at, at one point, was it like, I mean, obviously it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of interest behind a lot of, a lot of actors and things like that. I hung out there with mostly Danny Aiello. The Italians hung out together. Yeah. Dominic Chinese, you know, Uncle Junior. Yeah. Uh, I hung out with Danny there. I hung out with Vinny there. Um, mostly that's, that's really it. You know, I met a lot of the newscasters there. Um, yeah, I was reading about some of the roasts they used to do. I mean, they had some notable people on there, too. Oh, yeah, Quentin Tarantino's roast was great. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was reading about. Yeah, no, that, that, that was a great one. But, you know, it's one of those things where... i I got to be honest with you, fellas. I'm not into parties. I don't like film festivals, per se, because I'm always being pulled and pushed and here and there, and it becomes very, very difficult to be... I don't like to have to leave people in a conversation... Yeah. Like I'll sit and I'll have a conversation with somebody and then get pulled by somebody to go talk to this person over here. And it kind of sucks. Yeah. You know, it, it, it because I'd rather have a one-on-one conversation like I'm having with you guys yeah. than to go talk about the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like... It's draining switching it up. It's draining. It, yes. Very good word. Draining. Like two days at a film festival and I need a week of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's the truth um, but if you can uh, tell everybody that uh, Shooting Heroin is on um, Amazon awesome and they should watch it it's about the heroin epidemic and I play uh, Jerry Whalen I play the local sheriff um, and I won two best supporting actor awards on so it'd be great if people could tune in and watch that mm-hmm. And um, my film, Distressed, is available on, uh, you go on my webpage and it'll, it'll tell you where you can watch it now. I don't even know anymore where the hell it is. Uh, <laughs> real, real talk, something like that. I don't even know. I wasn't like prepared for it. If you want, I can give you the uh, info. Give me a minute. All right. We're on your website right now. Huh? Looking on your website right now. If you want to throw out your social media handles as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. Okay, so you guys can find me on um, um, 
Gary with two R's, Y, G-A-R-R-Y, underscore Pastor uh, at Instagram, and uh, GP Actor on Facebook. My website is uh, com. That's the two R's are in Gary, not in Pastor. I usually have to tell people. <laughs> uh, what else? And um, again, let me let me tell you where you can watch Distressed. The Distressed is you can download it on your website. You could, yeah, you could download it on my website, or you could watch it. You can rent that realhouse.org. That's it, Real House. Thank you. You did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we'll chop it up and make it sound good. Yeah, no. <laughs> I bet you will. But if you need pictures, there's posters of distress. There's posters of waiting for Bud. Okay. They're both on Facebook if you want to pull them or I can send them to you. Yeah. And if you want stills from any movie, I have plenty. I have stills from The Deuce. Oh, um, The Week Of with Adam Sandler. That's on. You can watch that now. That's on um, Netflix. Netflix, yes. How, how is he? I feel like Adam Sandler's the man. His his comedy special he came out. Did you did you watch that? I'm yeah, not. he's a lot. He's a lot of fun. I had a good time with him. Yeah, his he was again another guy. First day, very standoffish. Yeah, but once we started working together, he got his madman. He strikes <laughs> me as the kind of guy who just like has beer cans rolling around in the back of his truck. Like, he's just like a like a guy like oh, he's the best, best, yeah. best. Good yeah. people, man. There's a lot of good people out there yeah. in Hollywood land. Yeah, there's a lot of not so good people. There's a lot of phony people. You know. But I find that in every walk of life. It's not just uh, showbiz. Any profession, it doesn't matter. I just want actors to be actors. I don't like when they go out and they they think that they're, you know, because of their celebrity, that they're they're the soapbox for the world. That's not fair. You know, it's it's taking something to an extreme. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, again, we're all humans, and we all need to start to act more like human beings. It's really nice to be able to go outside and the air is clean and crisp and it smells good. You don't smell smog. Look at long, uh, look at LA. LA's all cleared up. No more smog, right? That's crazy. It is crazy. You can actually see down the street I'm in Los Angeles. The side by side pick they had was insane. Huh? I said the side by side pick they had was insane. Well, and then uh, Italy, the uh, canals of Venice, you can see the, the ocean bottom. Yeah. You never were able to do that before. It was always filthy. Yeah. So uh, there's some good things again that have come out of this. Uh, the thing that I'm most worried about is the economy and people surviving. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, I think that's the biggest concern. But So, I mean, we should catch up again. Absolutely. We're back and running. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look for Crabs in a Bucket. That's another film I got coming out, the one with Jeremy Pivot. Yeah. And I'm going to start this film, Jasper, as soon as uh, we're done. I was supposed to have shot it already. Right. But we're on hold. Uh, when this all blows over, we'd love to get you for another episode, maybe in person. When this blows over, we'll get Mike on too if he's over on the East Coast and be, have some fun with it. But, um, yeah, what you guys should look into, you know, off the record is um, see if there's any place that would host you as a. Um, uh, there's that studio. Are they, are they still in Jersey City? Uh, begins with a P. They opened up and then they expanded. Look, look in your. I forgot the, it's been so long since I've um, I've had anything to do with them, but there's a nice small studio in Jersey City you may be able to do a show out of. Really? You know? Or if you can find a loft. My my old office would have been perfect because you had the you had the what do you call in the background? The Statue of Liberty in the harbor. Yeah. Perfect. So we're literally talking about just reconstructing a whole living room and making this like an actual studio. Yeah, but some people might not be comfortable like coming to our corner. Oh, no, that's, that's another thing too. Is- no, yeah, a lot of people, yeah, they might frown upon it. Yeah, if you have it in a, you have it in an actual studio, you'll get more celebrity. Definitely, yeah. But you that's know? that's the a positive of what's going on now is that people have a lot of time, so they're willing to come on Zoom. Is easy. I mean, you just hop on the thing and talk to us for. How- oh, this is great. I enjoy it. When I'm available, it's great. When I'm not available. It sucks. You know, I don't want it to be rushed. That's why I gave you guys the other day to do what you had to do, you know? Yeah, I appreciate so it. So let's just reschedule it yeah. rather than I rush appreciate it. You, uh, appreciate you coming on. appreciate your time. And like I said, man, let's, uh, let's definitely stay in touch. And down the line, you know, when this blows over, we'll get you back on. And like I said, maybe Mike and whoever else. And, oh, know. me and Mike. Me and Mike together are hilarious. Yeah, he was saying. You've ever seen his, 
his uh, mother's basement. And yeah. Did you see me dress to Santa this past one? Yeah, he texted me. He sent it to me. <laughs> he sent you that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you video, he texts me an update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, we had fun. Yeah, he's a, he's a good man. I mean, I, I, he said you guys are pretty wild together, so I'd love to, to get an episode with you guys on the same one. So we'll, tequila shots. Yeah, we'll figure something <laughs> out. Tequila uh, shots. I still do them. Yeah. Just, I, I, I try not to drink too much during this because yeah. I know how easy it is. Yeah. You know, you're going to eat. People are either going to come out of this alcoholics or very fat. <laughs> or both. You like our picture? Or both. <laughs> there you go. Cigar and scotch. Yeah, exactly. All right, gents. All right, man. Great talking to you. Stay safe. All right, man. You too, my brothers. Take care. Appreciate Take it. Take care. Bye-bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.